I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When the red, red robin comes bump, bump, bumping along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song. Sweep non-league opponents aside as we make it look easy in the FA Cup against Havant and Waterlooville. Well, for the last 18 minutes anyway. Welcome to Charlton Live. So hello and welcome to Charlton Live. I hope you guys are well. My name is Louis Mendez and we'll be looking back at yesterday's 4-0 win over Havant and Waterlooville in the first round of the FA Cup. Joining me to do that, first up, Mr. Terry Smith. How you doing, Tell? I'm all good. Thanks, Louis. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but Star of Radio instead of TV yesterday again. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, back to old school. Yeah, and you stole my seat in the gantry, which was... Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I reclaimed mine, I think. <laughs> yeah, I like that seat. It's right, right on the halfway line, which I've got yeah, to no, have ever since you've been doing Charlton TV. Uh, and also joining us uh, to discuss the game, Mr. Benji Cloak. How doing, Ben? Yeah, all good, thank you, mate. Yeah, if it's still cold? Oh, I'm all right, actually. It's definitely warming up again. Yeah. Short well, weather, realized... definitely. I've realised Benji's like the Renault Fines of Charlton Life. He, he's gone out today in shorts. <laughs> and probably no shirt on, he's, he's that hard. Yeah, exactly. He's uh, wearing, nothing, <laughs> wearing nothing but a smile yeah. and a pair of shorts, Benji Cloak, when he's out and about in the, 
in the throes of winter. But anyway, on uh, this evening's show, then, as I said, we're going to look back at the 4-0 win over Havant and Waterlooville in the FA Cup. We'll be uh, hearing the highlights shortly. Also going to hear, of course, from the caretaker boss, uh, Johnny Jackson. We've got a little bit from their manager as well, Paul Doswell. Uh, he had something to say after the game yesterday. Uh, and, of course, we're going to hear from Jaden Stockley. Uh, got two goals uh, in the game against Havant and Waterlooville. Uh, I also asked him, you know, first time we spoke to him since since the incident, thought might as well extend this story even further. Uh, I asked him about the headbutt accusation from Lee Johnson, so we're going to hear that uh, as well in a few moments' time. But before we get on to the highlights of the game, Terry, um, yeah, 4-0. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever cheered an FA Cup first-round goal against a non-league side as much as I did that one from Josh Davison because that was a massive relief when we finally broke the deadlock. Yeah, it took its time, or we took our time. Um, we had to be patient. I think it was 70-odd minutes before um, Josh Davison got that opener. But, um, I mean, I don't think we were in any real trouble yet. Hendo had to make that save. But it was, I mean, they, they parked the bus, as, as you would expect. They had a, you know, a lot of injuries, having a mortal level coming into the game. They could only name four subs. And one of them was a, the uh, reserve keeper who eventually came on outfield. So, you know, they, they came with an intention to try and frustrate and, and for 70-odd minutes they managed it. We had, um, we had the lion's share of possession, but most of it wasn't effective until till we made the change and he brought Elliot Lee and um, Ben Watson on and then it seemed to, well, certainly Elliot Lee's just seemed to spark us into life, I guess, and with them tiring, uh, then the right was on the wall, I suppose. But, yeah, we just had to be patient. It wasn't pretty for the first uh, hour and ten. But comfortable in the end, I think. Yeah, but it was it was it was a tough watch. But then after that, it was actually a really enjoyable sort of final twenty minutes where, you know, that quality and I guess that extra fitness did start to show. And and, and having the Waterlooville lost uh, Magri to to a nasty injury, and I think Paul Doswell felt that that played a big part in in the change, Benji. But I mean, you're reading too much into these results. I mean, it was one of those games where we're on a hiding to nothing really. If we if we don't go on and win it 4-0, then everyone thinks we look like an idiot. If we lose it, then we're an absolute disaster. If we win it 1-0, then you don't really get anything out of it. So it's all about just getting that safe passage and, and, and adding a little bit of gloss to the scoreline at the end. Exactly that. I think it's given some minutes to some fringe players. Albie Morgan, uh, Sean Clare getting some good minutes under his belt. Davison, because of course you've got to look, Josh Davison's going to be, well, probably be starting next Saturday with Connor away on international duty. So it gives these players some valuable minutes. Okay, they didn't really excel in that first half. And in the second half, it took us a while to get into the game. But you look at it like Elliot Lee, as, as Tell said, came on and really changed the game. He was involved in, in nearly all the goals, except for the fourth goal. He was involved in it all and and it, he just showed his quality. But it also gives confidence to the likes of Jaden Stockley getting two goals and Davison getting his goal. Charlie Kirk getting a good assist for that as well. So, yeah, look, okay, 4-0 might have been a bit of a false scoreline because it took us until the 72nd minute to score that first goal. But it just gives these players some confidence and um, gives Jacker a bit of confidence as well and gives him a good idea of playing players in different positions and seeing how it works and that kind of stuff. So it can only be a good thing. And look, we've got another game like that Tuesday where he can try a different few things up and and see what different players can do but yeah it's given some players some confidence and hopefully we can take these into the next few games excellent stuff right then let's hear the highlights of the game uh on charlton tv your commentators were greg stubbly and our very own terry smith towards the halves where Laraway will knock it up to kirk who brings it under control thinks about a shot here kirk and uh only hit it well enough but the direction Comfortably wide right of the posts, well, wide left of the right-hand post. That's good say. work from Arter to win it back for the Addicts. He might take a shot here, Arter, but he's scuffed it a little bit. And it's this time left. 
of the left-hand post. Well, kick, free kick, and it's been the head of Fanway when it comes to Pasley with the cross, and he almost catches out Henderson. Did he get a touch on that? He didn't. I think you're right, Van Beek. I, I think they might have caught Pasley out as well, because I'm pretty sure he was trying to cross that. Fanway does well to hold off his man inside to Morgan, who's got Claire to his right, and Claire's got space ahead of him. Claire thinking about a shot, goes for it. Oh, it's difficult for Mannion as it bob bobbled up, but in the end he did well to hold on to it. First one on target, though, I think you'll find that one straight uh, straight down Mannion's throat, but even so, at least on target. Nice shift inside, edge of the pounds here, lays it off for Charlie Kirk with a shot. Oh, it was comfortable for Mannion, there was a lot of pace on that, he tried to cushion it into the far post, reads it well, and there is the half-time whistle. After 45 minutes, it's Charlton nil, haven't Waterlooville nil here in the FA Cup first round. Should take quickly as it comes to Pasley down the line, he's got space. Ball back and it's a shot comes in. I think from Chambers, Carillon, which is easy for Henderson, their first shot on target, but they're starting the second half well. There's Morgan in space, controls, Morgan thinks about a shot, instead goes further right to Blackett-Taylor. He'll take on Newton again, gets past him, Blackett-Taylor oh. with a shot! Actually caught so sweetly. It's over the bar, swinging in instead towards Stockley. He gets ahead oh. and it bounces over the bar. Charlton's best opportunity of the game, you'd plenty say. Plenty of movement in that six-yard box, plenty of bodies. There's a corner, he's sent in into that six-yard box. It's a header down and Henderson has to palm it away. And Claire will complete the clearance. To Watson, Lee will take over. It's lovely ball to Kirk out on this left-hand side. Kirk up against Rooney into the penalty area he goes looking to take him on on the left side ball back across it's Davison with a header and he's there Charlton get the opening goal it's taken 71 and a half minutes but the Addicts have the lead and Elliot Lee's been on the pitch for what two minutes <laughs> and within that time he's already supplied a pass to Blackett Taylor for a cross and this time to Charlie Kirk for a cross it's a lovely ball out to Linus left hand side Kirk does superbly well Driving the ball down the line, it's a lovely cross to the far post, and Davison really couldn't miss. He heads it down into the net, and Charlton have the lead. Edge of the penalty area, right-footed, finds Watson. Thought about a shot, and instead gets it across the lead. Lovely little touch to Davison. Looks like he was taken down, and the referee has given the penalty. Just as he tried to find Davison, he was taken Stockley out. steps forward, and drills it into the top left-hand corner. Top right as Charlton look, and as Stockley was looking, but as the keeper's concerned, up to his left, he had no chance of that, even if he'd have gone the right way. Yeah, I was just about to say that. A powerful, powerful penalty from Jaden Stockley. And both strikers are on the score. Blackett Taylor on the right hand side, up against Green. Blackett Taylor looking to take him on, gets into the penalty area, gets the ball across. Can Lee get there? Little chest control, shot off the bar, and then a combination of. Soiree and Stockley bury the goal, and I think Stockley was the last touch, and Soiree's just asking, that would have got in. But you can't take that chance, and Stockley gets the third. Yeah, the chances are going to keep going for Charlton now. I think if you're Johnny Jackson, you're on your side to be greedy, and, and why not? Stockley got the final touch. Definitely. Right-hand side, can't get past Blackett-Taylor. It goes backwards to us, and that's a great challenge by Davison. It's run through to... Mason Burstow in on the challenge, takes a shot, he scored Mason Burstow! What a finish that is from the young man! A great block from Davison on the right-hand side, the ball runs to Mason Burstow, 
running in towards the penalty area, had one thing on his mind and that was to shoot. And he did that superbly to the right-hand side of Mannion. He has his first Charlton have their fourth. That's the man who just keeps impressing, doesn't he? Just keeps impressing. Each time he gets these opportunities, he scored one in the Papa John's Trophy and now one in the FA Cup. What a moment for him, what a moment for his family. What a finish that was. He had Elliot Lee coming inside, he had two players to his left. Any player, the young player, might have thought, oh, I better pass this because if I miss, they can have a go at me. Elliot Lee was right in the middle, might have been the better option. But he had the confidence to go out wide and what a finish. What a finish that was from the young man. And what a moment for us, the full-time whistle. And a great, great victory for Charlton in the end after what was a, a bit of a difficult first half, but I felt Elliot Lee coming on made a difference. There you go, that's the highlights. Uh, Terry, it was like, you, like meta, you were there and now you're here. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> it, was, uh, it, it, it was a relief, I think, when, when that goal came. Um, because for especially the opening half an hour or so we really weren't at our fluid best I think it's fair to say you know obviously we made nine changes going into the game more than more than enough out there that you'd think would go on and, and beat haven't but you know we have to give them their dues they they made it difficult for us uh, very much so particularly in the first half yeah no question and I said earlier on they came to the game plan and they they stuck with it and and uh, you can understand that because you know the difference, uh, theoretical difference between the two sides, both in uh, in league position and and perceived talent. You'd you'd you'd, you'd be hard pushed for them to come and really have a go at us. Uh, although I was a little bit surprised that they didn't uh, from time to time at least. Um, but you know the at times you had uh, the three centre halves that we that we put out with Deji in, in, in the middle and uh, uh, Sean Clare operating on the right side of those centre halves were were probably our main threat with. Um, uh, Akin Fanway as well on the left side. You know, coming forward, they were our main threat. And if if Akin could pass a ball uh, to the right person, uh, it would uh, it would have been even better. And, and they were our main threat because, I mean, effectively they played uh, James Roberts up front, and then everybody else was behind the ball. I mean, at, at one time I looked across, and they had eight men and across the edge of their penalty area. And so uh, it's going to be a tough ask to try and pick your way through it. So you've got to be a little bit more creative. And with all due respect to the to the side we had out there, I think um, creativity wasn't necessarily there uh, because um, it, 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 it doesn't matter who you play. You, you know, the, the opposition team who are still a all right, semi-professional possibly outfit um, are still going to be half decent and you've got to try and find your way through them and, and we couldn't for an hour. It was frustrating. Uh, and I thought second half we came out with a little bit more intent even before the subs. I thought we, we upped our pace a little bit. The passing was quicker because I thought if I was going to put any real criticism on our first half it was that we were a little bit slow and ponderous coming forward. So the passing became crisper and we started putting a little bit more pressure on. They then started to tire as a result. And then yeah, when Elliot Lee came on, I was talking about creativity and a spark and he provides that. And that link between the midfield and the front, he uh, he provides in abundance. And we just we just looked a more threatening side when he came on. And it was easy after that, I think, you know, with all due respect to having a Waterlooville. Yes, they had their injuries. I'm not entirely sure that Magri going off made a huge amount of difference. I think they would have tired anyway because, I mean, um, you know, they just had to bear four subs. And it's, it's a tough ask uh, for them. But um, as Johnny Jackson said in his post-match, give them credit, they, they put in a decent shift. But, um, you know, when you have the amount of possession we had, I think it was, you know, 65% or there or thereabouts, uh, and all, albeit 20 shots on um, 
that we got, there was only six on target, I think, which which probably tells the tale, especially in that first half. In the end, I think, you know, I don't think we should be too bothered to, that, that it took us a little while to get past the post. Yeah, I mean, Terry mentioned it there earlier, it made a massive difference for us, and, and, and he has been doing that a lot recently, I think, Benji. He, he's, he's sort of proven himself as, as probably one of, one of our most important players this season, Elliot Lee. Yeah, one of those players you'd love to sign permanently. He really shows a passion for the shirt and he manages to always get a few shots off every game and, as Terry says, he plays a good link-up in between the midfield and and the strikers. So, yeah, he's he's become a really good player for us. So, you can only hope, again, performances like yesterday, just little short, sharp bursts of 20 minutes and you just see his worth of the team. It was a lovely little volley he got, wasn't it, for the Stockley second goal. Uh, really, just quick instinct reaction to uh, it was a bit of a deflected cross when it chest it volleys it, and obviously he did the same the other week against Donny when it was cleared off the line. So, yeah, he offers us some some real good link up play, but also he uh, I think he should be getting a few more goals um, coming up soon with the chances he's having. He's uh, proves a real fawn in the other. Uh, team side. Yeah, he's uh, already off the mark, wasn't he? he got that goal at, at Gillingham. I can't remember if he scored since then, but um, yeah, he's looking at a real threat for us. So the goal, the goal did finally come on 72 minutes. There was one scare from a a corner that was headed down, and, and Hendo had to make the save. But other than that, he wasn't wasn't too too busy. I think there was one early chance in the second half that was straight at him. But uh, when the goal finally came, it was uh, great to see Josh Davison again, Terry Peeling away at the far post, and and, and Charlie Kirk who, who provided the the assist. What did you make of Kirky yesterday? I thought. <laughs> I mean, I asked Jacko, and we're here in the interview, but it did take him a while to warm up. And considering this is the sort of game where he, he needs to go and prove himself to get back into the first team, um, I wonder if he might have been keener to have been slightly quicker off the mark. Yeah, again, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier about the number of players that haven't a Mortelouville put behind the ball. It found it difficult to find space. And it wasn't helped by, I mean, bless him, Akin, he's a, he's a great defender, but one of the parts of his game that he really needs to probably hone up on, and I'm sure he'll be the first to admit it, is that passing out the back because, um, you know, he, he's on the same side as Charlie Kirk and I think even uh, um, Papa Suara on that left side did just um, just didn't didn't find his target almost. I don't think he ever did, actually, in the whole game. It either went too long or straight to one of them. and So Charlie Kirk was getting more frustrated, as you could see it, and he was eventually coming in and coming deep to try and get the ball and try and impact uh, his performance on the game. Didn't really quite work until, uh, as I mentioned before, Elliot Lee came on, and, and space seemed to open up because of that. And he he, he improved. Corey Blackett-Taylor improved. Um, so almost everybody lifted because suddenly there was that uh, spark that we were probably missing up to that point. Uh, and he came into the game a lot more, as did Corey Blackett Taylor. He was he was almost unplayable uh, for the last twenty minutes, first uh, first seventy. Not so much because every time Corey Blackett Taylor went past somebody, there was cover. Every time Charlie Kirk went past somebody, there was cover because um, you know there was two or three men around the ball almost uh, all the time. So it took him a while, uh, and that's frustrating. But I don't think you should read too much. Again, you shouldn't read too much into the first seventy minutes. It was a, a team coming to us to frustrate. Charlie Kirk was probably uh, as. Um, a victim of that as as everybody else, uh, and then suddenly when he did start finding the space, he, he started to punish. And that cross that found Josh Davison at the far post, all on his own, was, was pin perfect, and a great header from from Josh to to bury it as well. Mm, and always going to be the case, Ben, that once we got one, the floodgates were were going to be sort of uh, hauled wide open, and, and they certainly were. The penalty came a couple of minutes later. Again, Doswell not too happy afterwards. He felt that because. I f- I can't remember if it was Lee who got the shot away, if it was Lee who tripped, but because whoever got the shot away after whoever had been tripped, 
Um, because they got the shot away, he felt that... I think it was Davison who got the shot away and Lee had been tripped, if I remember rightly now. But he, he felt that because we got the shot away, we shouldn't have had the penalty. But, well, that's not really how it works, is it? <laughs> like, it was, it was a penalty all ends up. And it was a wonderful finish from Jaden Stockley into the top corner. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I was, it's a bit silly from their manager because their big old centre-half at the back, he, uh, he got done by the quick feet of Elliot Lee and... There was no need for it. As you said, the ball had gone forward to Davison to shoot and he just took him out. There was no need for it really. But as I say, he's quite a big guy when he so he probably couldn't get out of the way. But yeah, great, great penalty from Jaden. Obviously, he's not on penalty duties if Connor's on the pitch. Uh, so again, just gives the player like that a bit of confidence because last season he missed that uh, crucial penalty, didn't he, against Peterborough uh, where we lost that game. So... Just shows, yeah, steps up, puts it top corner, couldn't have asked for a better penalty. And, yeah, if he's asked for it coming going forward, then we know he can score a penalty like that. But, yeah, yeah it just gave us that breathing space, didn't it? Especially the first goal was a relief. Our second one kind of thought, yeah, we, we've done it now. Yeah, and obviously you got the third one, which we'll talk about a bit more later because uh, we do have some funny quotes from uh, Jaden Stockley on that goal. Uh, and, then, and then Mason burst off the bench. Terry to, to score the fourth. So I worked out. So he came came on for about five minutes yesterday, and uh, not many more than that. About seven minutes the other day. Whatever it was, it all added up to thirteen minutes. He's played a senior football uh, against uh, Crawley in the Papa John's, uh, and of course yesterday, and he scored two goals. So on average, I think he, he's due for about six hundred goals a season, as it as it stands. <laughs> uh, the boy's a talent. There's no question about it, and uh, and uh, I think everybody at the club is excited for Mason Burstow to 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 come through and and uh, and just show what talent he's got. Anybody who's watched him under 18s, under 23s uh, will know already what what he can bring. And he's, uh, I mean, they called him a striker yesterday, which, uh, which surprised me a little bit because I think he's played just about everywhere uh, in on the pitch for the uh, under 23s, at least what I've seen. Uh, I mean, if anybody watched that under 23 game against Millwall that was streamed, <clears throat> I mean, he, he scored two goals that day and got himself sent off, I think. And uh, so a lot's been involved, no question about it. And uh, he just picked that ball up from, uh, I think it was a great block that was um, that came in just on halfway. I'm trying to remember who, I think it was Connor might have uh, got the block in. Uh, and he picked the ball up a couple, few yards inside the halfway line, just uh, just went for it. And he had players in his way, didn't matter, went past them, got into the area and... Uh, uh, he had no intention of passing, did he? <laughs> just just drilled it home, uh, and uh, uh, really pleased with that young man because uh, he's an exciting talent and uh, and, a, and a great kid. So uh, yeah, watch uh, watch that space because yeah. um, he's gonna he's gonna affect us uh, hopefully for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and he didn't take the chance with the knee slide this time after the uh, <laughs> aborted no, effort last time. <laughs> but yeah, excellent work from from Mason Burstow who came on uh, with, with the fourth goal for the Addicts. So um, there, there is one more player I want to chat about, and I'm going to ask you both about it. But Benji, I'll ask you first. Uh, Albie Morgan obviously got a chance yesterday to start, hasn't been involved too much recently, uh, considering this was a big chance. I thought he perhaps didn't grab it with both hands. Um, and, and now it's getting to that stage now where I'm just wondering if if Morgan's running out of time a little bit to prove himself at Cholton. Is that fair to say? I mean, I, I put in my takeaways yesterday. I think he, need, he needs a loan spell, I think, because he needs to be playing week in, week out somewhere and it's not happening for him here and he comes in bits and pieces and it's not I don't know he hasn't really done it for me this season unfortunately I was I was really hoping this would be Albie's sort of takeoff season but it, it hasn't been I'd agree I think Cologne spell would help him out uh as you said I I think it was we all were hoping it was going to be a breakthrough season for him got given the number 10 shirt so that's again showing a lot of confidence in him and when the season started, we weren't blessed with that many midfielders. So you thought, OK, look, they're going to really give him an opportunity to flourish. And 
Yeah, unfortunately, there were a few set pieces at the start of the season. I remember the goal against uh, Milton Keynes with a great ball in and Stockley scored. But other than that, I haven't been too impressed with him. So I thought it was good we took him out of the team to kind of refresh him and bring him back in. Um, but yeah, he didn't, didn't really flourish yesterday, I don't think. Um, seemed quite devoid of confidence. There were a few chances I thought he actually could have had a shot on goal and decided to pass to the side or didn't really... Uh, do a clear-cut pass for anyone at all. So, yeah, look, it's obviously a different manager now in Jacko. He'll have his own ideas, his own players he wants to play there. Um, he's definitely behind the likes of Gilby now in the pecking order and, and Dobson and I guess Elliot Lee, but kind of a different position. I mean, we all want it to work for how we come through the academy. We know the ability he's got. But unfortunately, we're not seeing that on a consistent basis. So, uh, look, if there's a League Two club out there in January that, that are after him, I think that would be a good move for him to do and try and build up that confidence and try and get that experience under his belt. Because you think he's still young. I think, what's he, 21, 22 still? So he's still got a lot of years ahead of him. But at the moment, I just for the league we're in, I don't think he's shown enough quality to hold down a, first 11, a starting 11 spot. I mean, Terry, you said that you didn't think yesterday was the ideal game, really, for the likes of Kirky or, or Albi to go and prove themselves. But, I mean, based on his season overall, it's just, it's just that quick. I think that it's time to ask that question now. I think it's come around considering what we were expecting for the season from, from Albi this year. Yeah, it's a tough one for Albi. I mean, I think, um, I think most people would agree that his loan spell probably should have come a couple of seasons ago. Not, I mean, even now. Is it too late for, for a loan spell? I don't know. Hopefully not, and I think you're right. Actually, I think um, it has to be a loan, a loan spell, but it has to be a loan, a club that is doing quite well. I think it'd be counterproductive to send him anywhere that uh, where he, where the team's struggling, for example, and need somebody to to sort of save them, as it were. But because Albie's got the talent, we know he has. Um, yesterday, I wouldn't read, as I mentioned before, and I'm probably saying like a broken record. Don't read anything in the yesterday. Yesterday's a potential banana skin. They come with uh, with you know a, a concrete wall in between us and their goal, uh, and so anybody, you know, none of the side really. Uh, excelled in that first hour and ten minutes, uh, and Albie was the same. You know, he couldn't affect the game going forward because there was too too much of a brick wall in front of it. But you're right. You know, he, you know, it's it's a tough one, and he, he hasn't he hasn't excelled. But then, you know, up until Johnny Jackson took over, nobody has really. So I don't think you could pick out one player as being more disappointing than anybody else in that first uh, first period of the season. Uh, you know he can do it. Gillingham, for example, he, he, he was outstanding in that first half, so you know it's there. Um, and just maybe the way Johnny Jackson wants to play doesn't fit Albie Morgan necessarily straight away, and he may have to adapt a little bit. And you're right, I think maybe a loan spell could help, but it's got to be the right loan. I, I just chucking him, chucking him anywhere won't serve any purpose. Mm, interesting stuff. Right, let's hear from the Addicts caretaker boss, Johnny Jackson. Uh, he came in to speak to us after the game with Haven and Waterlooville. And this is what he made of it. I thought it was a tough game. I thought uh, haven't made things very, very difficult for us, especially in that first half. I was a bit disappointed with us in the first half. I thought we were just off it slightly with our with our intensity. I know it can be difficult playing against a team that sort of you know sits in almost with six at the back at times, and that low block can be difficult to break down. Uh, I understand that, but just I just felt we were just off it a little bit with our with our intensity and our pressing and. Um, Dressed it at half time, and I thought second half was much, much better. Um, I thought we imposed ourselves a lot more on the game, a few little tweaks tactically that I thought improved us. Um, 
and run out comfortable winners in the end. But it, it, you know, it wasn't an easy day's work. It's always going to be one of those games where once the first goal goes in, then the likelihood was that the floodgates would open. But you did have to wait a while for it. We did, yeah. And I, I, I don't mind a minute. I was pretty relieved when that first one went in. And then, like you say, you're quite confident after that that we'll go on and get a second and a third and maybe more. But um, you know, the longer it goes on and they have a couple of set piece situations, you know, you, you're thinking, right, well, we, we need to get one here. We need to get one because at nil nil or even at one nil, they're only one chance away of. Uh, putting you under real pressure so um, yeah it was important that we got that first and then obviously after that you know it was pretty comfortable but it, it was a long time waiting and uh, Josh Davison emphatic header and, and obviously Jaden get a couple as well although Pat might have something to say about one of them but it's great to see your strikers both both scoring today really, yeah really pleased with that Jaden <laughs> I was trying to bring him off for about five minutes <laughs> um, young Mason was waiting to come on but they kept getting sort of set piece situations that I didn't want to lose Stockley for so uh he ended up staying on maybe four minutes longer than I intended and then he got his goal. So uh, he'll be pleased with that and I think it's his 10th of the season as well. So pleased for him, pleased for Josh um, to get on the score sheet. Obviously, we're, you know, we were without Washington next week so uh, he's obviously someone coming into my thoughts uh, for that game and so for him to, to get a goal was great. And then you're probably going to ask me in a minute anyway, but for, for young Mason to come on and get a goal really rounded it off well for me yeah, he showed he's, he's been quite uh, prolific since he's played about 10 minutes and scored twice in both his cup games hasn't he yeah he don't he don't hang about does he <laughs> um, we, we really like Mason uh, he's, a, he's a he's a great kid and uh, he's got he's got bags and bags of potential and I always had in my in my mind to, to involve him in some way in this game if I could um, so it was brilliant to get him an opportunity to get on, on the field and I said to him as he was going on that we just, I, I knew he would get a chance and I, and I, and I fancied he would score just the, the, the state of the game obviously was opening up and we was creating a lot um, so I fancied he might get a goal and uh, he, you know he didn't disappoint and obviously there's games like today a chance to give players who are sort of on, on the edge of the squad a chance to come in would, would you make a Charlie today obviously he's, he's been out been out for a couple of weeks I thought Kirky took, it, took, it, took his time but he grew into the game um, again, that was something like we addressed. We addressed his positioning and, and Albie's positioning at half time. I just felt that, without going into too much detail, that, that we could have, uh, you know, we could have hurt them a little bit, a little bit more with with their positioning. And I thought they'd done it better in the second half. Um, and it's good for Kirky, you know, to go and get a ninety under his belt. It's been stop start for him since he's come to the club. And I thought he really grew into the game. He got he got his assist uh, for Josh's goal. And uh, I thought he was very productive in the second half. What did you make of the crowd today? Paul Doswell said he was a bit disappointed from the Charlton fans and not so many turned up, but it felt like a fairly standard sort of FA Cup crowd for us. Were you, were you expecting more? Uh, yeah, I mean, I did, that's the first it's even sort of crossed my mind. Uh, I thought the crowd made some really good noise. Um, I understand, you know, it's you know it's expensive to go to football. There's you know lots of games that uh, to choose between and. You know, and I would never, I would never criticise uh, fans for that. The ones that were here made made some great noise. I thought uh, spurred the lads on in that second half, and, uh, uh, and and was there to support them as they walked off with a victory. So yeah, no, I thought uh, I thought the crowd was excellent. So you're looking forward to Tuesday now. We're looking forward to seeing Pratt's again. But um, what, what sort of side are you going to be putting out at Leighton Orient? Oh, I won't tell you the starting starting eleven uh, just now because obviously I have to see what comes out of tonight and. Obviously, I've got one eye on, uh, well, more than one eye on, on Saturday at Burton with that game being on now. Um, obviously, changes my thinking a little bit. The fact that we're through already 
is obviously something to consider as well. And I think it's a good opportunity to get some some exposure uh, for the younger players in our squad uh, to senior football. Um, but there'll also be opportunity um, for some of the seniors that, that perhaps could do with another game uh, to get some minutes as well. So uh, we'll be mixing it up in that game. But as always, it'll be a game that I'm going into trying to win. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Into the box, looking for stock, and he gets it in! And there's the opening goal! Jordan scored a delivery, absolutely perfect! From Albie Morgan, picks out Stockley, who rose first and flicked it past Fisher for the opening goal. Yeah, and that is a very, very difficult ball to defend if you're a centre-half. I know you want to look at it from Stockley's point of view. He was aggressive, he got above the centre-half, he pinned him so he couldn't make a jump and attack the ball. And then, once you've done that, it's just a case of getting contact onto the, the football itself and directed towards goal. He did that, we find ourselves one in front, but a delightful delivery from Albie Morgan. Welcome back to Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. I hope you guys are well. Uh, we're looking back at the 4-0 Cup win over Haven and Waterlooville. Just before the break there, we heard from uh, the Addicts boss, Johnny Jackson, uh, admitted that he was a very relieved man after that, that first goal went in. But, um, you know, we, we, we heard that he was slightly disappointed with the first half, Benji. We know that he's not going to be keen to see levels of intensity drop too often, and that's what he felt happened in that first period. That's something that he won't he won't want to see happen again. Oh, yeah, and the interviews he's done so far as a manager, I think he's underlining the fact that he wants energy levels right at the top of their game and everyone showing their real enthusiasm for playing for Charlton, playing for the badge. And, yeah, as Terry said, it it was one of those games where they they kind of parked the bus the first 20 minutes, half an hour of the game. And so it's always going to be hard to break a team down like that. But, yeah, if their energy levels aren't there then they're going to find it even harder. So he's given a few players the opportunity that aren't in his starting 11 plans yesterday um, to have a go. And he can now judge that to, as to whether they are in his plans going forward. Because if he is going to get the job full time, then these players have really got to show that, that they want to be part of it. Because as Terry said, so far this season, we've not seen too much from players. Um that have really gone, oh, yeah, I think he's been a bit harshly treated because I think he's done well this season. Uh, as our position is in the table, it shows that not many players have, 
have played well so far. Since Jack has come in, there's players like Elliot Lee who have really excelled and George Dobson's now starting to have a regular run in the team. So it's up to these players that aren't getting in the team to show their desire to, to take the shirt. And as you said, first 45 minutes, first 60 minutes really, these players didn't really show enough to say, oh, I want to be starting against Burton. But then once they started to tire, the likes of Blackett Taylor did show their quality. Charlie Kirk showed a bit of quality. So... I don't know whether they'll get their chance again on Tuesday to show that. But, yeah, it's all about how Jackson can change the team around to give these players their chances. But, again, you can only give them their chance if they're not willing to take it. Then, as he said, he'll pick someone else and give someone else a go. And someone like Burstow, he's there. He's got an opportunity this season. We're lacking strikers, aren't we, after Ronnie left. So, it gives these players an opportunity, some youngsters to go and nice to see Charles Clayton come on yesterday because I think he's got a lot about him to show us as well. Mm, right. Um, before we go more into like your tweets and emails, which we normally do at this point, I'm actually going to play the um, interview from the opposition manager, or a bit of it anyway, the bit that uh, was relevant to us. Now, Paul Doswell came into the, the press conference and he wouldn't bloody leave, actually. He was in there for about 20 minutes, it felt like. Um, but uh, he, he, uh, uh, he he was asked uh, just a few questions about the game and straight away went on to say how disappointed he was uh, with the turnout from the Addicts crowd. Let's have a listen to what Paul Doswell said after the game. And that's what I'm saying. I'd, I'd never take anything away from, from the players for what they've done for the football club. You know, we probably earned 50,000, 60,000 out the run. I've got to say, really disappointed with the Charlton support here today. Now, we were hoping for 10,000 and I don't know what the crowd was, but it didn't look very many. So for Charlton not to turn up and support us as well, you know, it's not, it's not the crowd that we were expecting or hoping for. So really disappointed with them. You know, £10 and £5, you'd have thought they'd have supported their team. But your supporters came here about a quarter of the crowd, I think, and made a lot of noise. Yeah, a 1,000 supporters came and um, they've had a fantastic day out. We knew they would win, lose or draw. As I said, for 73 minutes, they'd have been like us, you know, believing that a little dream was possible to get him back to, to haven't. Um, you know, but clubs like us rely on, you know, finances. And we rely on, you know, teams like Charlton putting together a half-decent crowd. And you know, I was stunned at the lack of Charlton supporters here today. I thought it was terrible. Yeah, and like I say, you don't judge, you know, you don't judge us today in terms of the way we played because, you know, we had to play like that to try and, you know, um, stop a very, very good Charlton side. I mean, you know, uh, I watched them, uh, Sunderland, Doncaster, I thought excellent against Rotherham and, Johnny Jacobs has had a brilliant uh, bounce here, you know, in terms of what the crowd... And that's why I thought the crowd would be here today. I thought they'd be here to support him and the team. But I think he's done a fantastic job in the three or four games he's had. And it wouldn't surprise me, you know, the way that the intensity they're playing with if they, if they do make the playoffs this year. And it might seem a long way away, but it's a long season. And I think they've got enough in that building to... Uh, to really have a go at making the playoffs will be very close anyway. There we go. I was, um, I mean, I, I was a bit surprised. I know in, in the build-up, Terry Paul had mentioned that he was hoping for a, a crowd of ten thousand, and we all sort of scoffed, like, "Yeah, you don't really know what's going on around here, mate." <laughs> in terms of uh, cup games, we don't get that sort of crowd. Um, but <coughs> oh, excuse me, but um, yeah, it was a, uh, it was really quite scathing with his with his disappointment in, in that in that clip there, and I don't know, it felt like he was laying it on a bit thick. Oh, poor old Dozzy. Uh, yeah, he clearly hasn't been paying attention, has he? Because, um, you know, it's not just us either, by the way. Second round cup games. I mean, if, he's, if he was expecting a bumper 10,000 plus crowd, he really hasn't been looking very hard at uh, what's been going on. Because, and not just, look, not just that. If um, I, I had a quick look, when I first heard that story, I had a quick look at uh, their, um, you know, what they've been doing in the, uh, in the league, uh, attendance-wise. 
And funnily enough, I had a quick check, and uh, their second round FA Cup tie, I think, when they were uh, they just got through the first round uh, qualifying. Uh, but anyway, the second game that uh, they beat Beaconsfield, I think they only had about two hundred people there. So, you know, even their crowd didn't think the second round was worth turning up for. So, it's just one of them things at the moment. And you know, back in the day, um, maybe you'd have got a twelve. 13,000 crowd if we're top of the league and flying and uh, in the championship possibly uh, then pos- that might happen but you know we're in the lower reaches of league one for goodness sake and uh, and we haven't really um, produced the goods let's say in the FA Cup that often so uh, I, I, you know he's just sour grapes in it really and he's just looking for reasons to deflect uh, away f- uh, attention away from whatever he wants to but mm. uh, yeah it's just uh, I, I don't take no notice of it particularly um, he's uh, he's a non-league manager we probably won't come across him that often so um, he can think what he likes really yeah I mean it was interesting the way he sort of mentioned that Benji that he thinks that clubs like Haven and Waterlooville I mean he he said the Trump fans should come out to support us you know as in Haven as much as them like you know do we have a moral obligation to go to games like this I mean it's it's a tenner and a fiver it's not the most expensive seasons of their ticket uh, tickets of the season but we're coming out of a pandemic going football ain't cheap if you're you know mum dad two kids that's 40 quid or, or 30 quid already you know, so it is a fair old whack of money and, and there's been free home games this week as well and, and like I say it's the cup like I mean it's, it is the biggest game of the season for having and Waterlooville. I accept that, but for us, it's. I mean, the only reason it's not the smallest game is because we had to play an under twenty one team in the uh, in the Papa John's. Well, yeah, and the FA Cup's just it's lost its buzz for what it used to be, as well. I think people don't look at it as a glorified competition that it used to be, um, and I mean we we've gone into it this year in the first round. Last year, obviously, there were no fans, but the years before, the year before, we went in in the third round, so it's a little bit different. Um, but no, I mean, I understand where he's coming from. It's their big day out, and they want a big atmosphere, and they've turned up in decent numbers. But at the same time, it, unfortunately, it just doesn't mean as much to, to our fans to come in at the first round like that. But yeah, look, we all support non non league football as much as we can, and it's great to see a team like that coming down and bringing a load of fans but at the end of the day unfortunately he needs to have a look at a wide range of football world and look at the other attendances around because they all were uh, not big and pretty poor so that's nothing to do with Charlton as a club it's it's more to do with the way the FA Cup's de- devalued now mm, yeah it is a shame but that is the case I did ask uh, you guys for uh, some of your views on what Paul Doswell said uh, Dan said uh, we played a National League South side in a round where we normally play our youth uh, for them they pulled a good team for us it's a boring fixture where we should win to criticise a team who's had one of the best supports the last few years going through our owners uh, is sour. Simon says that a ticket promo should be done ahead of the second round. Tickets for the league games beforehand uh, with an option to include a ticket uh, with discount for a cup game or a separate loyalty scheme for cup games. Uh, thoughts on that? By the way, I went yesterday and it was good in the end. Yeah, I do know there are certain rules on the levels of pricing that you can do in the FA Cup. Whether that includes like uh, sort of promotions and stuff like that. I'm not really sure, but yeah, there 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 are so like, they can't just turn around and make all the tickets free, for example. But uh, there are certain rules that that, that that govern how much your tickets cost for the cup games. David said, in respect, I guess Doswell uh, probably expected a big payday. Realistically, it was always going to be a low gate. Although I thought, given the JJ effect and recent form, it would be bigger uh, than the three thousand nine hundred. Given that haven't bought close to nine hundred, uh, I thought we'd uh, make over five thousand. Pompey had six thousand eight hundred. Uh, home Reese says I think their manager is deflecting uh, the attention away from their capitulation at the end there although there's no need uh, at the end of the day 
it's a first round tie between a team in League One and the National League South. The exact reason uh, why haven't took thousands more uh, to Anfield. Uh, Dave says, I agree with the sentiments on here. Uh, Paul Doswell's comments should be more thoughtful given the current climate, prices, reflected uh, fixture and the status of both clubs. Supporters pick and choose uh, their game. Mark says, we don't get big crowds in the cup because we're a third division club who has one of the worst cup records in history. Uh, Stu says, I would have gone but was working plus have to prioritise matches according to income. Finchie says, uh, for as long as I can remember, the league has always been prioritised uh, by the managers. As a result, supporters get bored with watching the 23 team losing in the Cup. Jacko clearly loves the FA Cups and maybe he can reverse uh, the trend. And Ryan says, uh, because we never get past the third round, we want uh, out of this league more importantly. Unfortunately, we're not bothered about funding Haven't and Waterlooville. Yeah, I mean, you, you can see uh, it, it, it touched a nerve. It was, it was a slightly... It, I, I did find the comments slightly strange, Terry. It's, it's like, you know, considering like the, the Charlton fans applauded the team off for a good performance from Haven't and you know, including Paul Doswell, it just seemed strange that he was so focused on that afterwards. Uh, yeah, but he, but it would, he would appear, I beg your pardon, he would appear to have a reputation in that sort of thing, apparently, uh, down in non-league. So, uh, look, um, uh, there were one comment um, that I heard on the tweets that um, that is true, and you mentioned about the um, the rules governing uh, ticket pricing. You you cannot give complimentaries away. That's not, You can't give free tickets away, so you can't have... Uh, thousands of free school kids turning up because the gate is shared. I think it's fifty-fifty or forty-seven, fifty-three, whatever it is. So you, because you have to share the gate receipts, you can't give away uh, any tickets. Um, we did offer an incentive for I think under 11s It was a pound. Um, I know my grandson came to his first FA Cup game with with his mum, so uh, that swelled the crowd by two, and and his, his ticket was a pound. So I thought that was a decent price for for an under eleven. So um, they, they were there the the incentives if if you wanted to bring uh, under elevens. But um, as as Benji said, you know maybe the FA Cup just doesn't have the same value. I mean, give you an indication of that. And I know it's a generation thing, but uh, you know, I asked uh, Oliver, my grandson, if he was going to make a tin foil FA Cup replica just to wave around the flag. He looked looked at me like I was on another planet. So um, I think it's, you know yeah, so it's, it's just a change, a changing times, and yeah. uh, and then sadly. And you could point back to a lot of things that's happened over the last 10 or 15 years where the FA Cup's been devalued and loads of people have mentioned it, you know, the movement of kickoff times, the sponsorship, the whole fact that, you know, the, the draw's not made immediately after the Saturday anymore and, uh, uh, you know, the finals on a Sunday on a ridiculous o'clock just to suit television. So there's loads of reasons why it doesn't have the same value it used to have. But Johnny Jackson was good to his word. He said he was going to put a strong side out. And, and I know that uh, people have said, yeah, there's a few second string players in there, but you look at the bench as well. He was good to his word. He, he put a side out that uh, that was was a decent decent side that yeah. should have uh, should have won and did. Yeah, sixty league one starts uh, between those eleven that started already this season uh, for the addicts. Right, some views on the games as well. Sam uh, said, "I felt at first half we were too relaxed and should have been a bit more ruthless uh, in our attack. Second half was a massive difference. Pleased to be through uh, to the next round." Though Colin says, "Charlie Kirk for me was the player who stood out. Didn't stop all game and tried to make things happen." Uh, Blackett Taylor. Looked better once the opposition tired. Same for Watson against tired opposition. And Burstow uh, was fearless uh, when he came on. couple of emails as well. Uh, Reg uh, said, uh, Johnny Jackson, our manager. That's it. That's the tweet. Yeah, calling for that to uh, to, to be sorted as soon as possible, as, are, as am I. Uh, Phil says, uh, hi, guys. Strange game yesterday. It looked for 70 minutes that the players not selected previously by JJ. Thought they were still playing for Nigel Adkins. They looked to be lacking in confidence, not taking players on. 
and possibly afraid if they made a mistake there would be headline material today. Uh, it looked like they were trying to show JJ that his previous team selections were right and that they didn't deserve to be considered. But then enter Elliot Lee and Ben Watson and we're a different team bursting with confidence and spirit. Fair result in the end. Uh, a bit harsh possibly on Havant and Waterlooville but they certainly gave us a game for 70 minutes before they ran out of legs. I thought closing the North Upper was a big mistake as you disperse the area where the covered end choir reside uh, around the open areas and totally lose all the home atmosphere. Their fans gave it a good go and got fully behind their team all match. On to Leighton Orient and hopefully those players now understand what is expected of them despite not having anything to play for other than to impress Johnny Jackson. Uh, sorry to see that uh, Benji Nurek is leaving for Pastures News. He's produced some excellent articles in recent times and I won't miss that. Yeah, Benji Nurek uh, uh, who's obviously been uh, writing around the club for the, la- the last couple of years and been editing the programme this year is... Uh, uh, got a job elsewhere, so unfortunately yesterday was his last game. But uh, you know, as, as he knows, when we spoke to him in person yesterday, we all were uh, all wishing him all the very best, and it's been a, an absolute pleasure to have him around the place. And uh, I know there's uh, there's big things happening for for him in the future. And don't confuse him with our Benji, who's got nothing nothing planned in the future. Have you, Benji? Well, yeah, and I don't have his accent as well, so no, exactly, that'd be yeah. a bit confusing. Yeah, excellent stuff. Right, uh, one more email as well. This one comes in from Liz. Uh, we were a bit slow and lifeless in the first half. Uh, many of them hadn't played together as a team. Fans, including me, were a bit quiet, and it wasn't a great atmosphere in the first half. Different team, though, in the second half, and Lee made a real difference. Great goal. Mason, uh, get him signed up properly. Uh, great to be through to the next round, and perhaps we'll have a real cup run this year for a change. JJ really seems to be working some magic, and like Pierce, said uh, we now seem to have some direction Thomas must be thinking about giving him the permanent job now thanks for the always entertaining pod that's from Liz yeah thanks Liz and yet uh, I really hope that Thomas is thinking about that as, a, as a, I'm going to keep banging that drum until he does it basically uh, we want JJ to have the job ASAP ASAP please Thomas right uh, what's next we've got Jaden Stockley uh, to speak to uh, he came in to speak to me after the game uh, yesterday obviously got his two goals uh, one of which he nicked from Pap Soiree uh, let's hear what he uh, let, let's hear how how, uh, how guilty you felt about that but this is it his, uh, his views on the performance um, I've been a part of a lot of the games like that it was a credit to, to haven't they uh put a lot of men behind the ball and um, just, you know, probably looking to take it to a replay, uh, which, you know, you want to avoid, especially when you get a home tie. I thought they were very professional and um, put a lot of men behind the ball and it's a diff- it's a, probably a diff- different task than what we've been asked a lot of times this season, you know, a lot of uh, front foot games and uh, it was a test that it took us a bit of a while to come to get the better of uh, but you know once the first went in it it got enjoyable after that one of those games where you have to remain quite patient obviously having with a lot of men behind the ball yeah it's difficult you've got to move the ball fast I think that you can get you know easily caught up in the whole tie and, and you know start to take more touches on the ball and that's exactly what, what they want to slow the game down as much as possible time waste a little bit and uh and it's up to us to, to create the tempo. And obviously another couple of goals for yourself, ticking along nicely. Um, talk us through this, the second one in particular. I think uh, Pat might have a question to ask there. Oh, he was devastated. <laughs> he, uh, he, well, I said, Pat, you had a whole goal to aim for and you've, you've hit it towards me. Of course I'm going to stick my foot out. I was just hoping it went offside because then he would have probably had a reason to be really angry. But... Uh, He's got the biggest smile ever, so he he, he was happy for me. And uh, like I, said, I was desperate to play in the game today because uh, I saw it as a chance to hopefully get some goals. And um, as a striker, I think you want to be out there every minute when there's goals to be had. Yeah, and, and as I say, it's sort of ticking along nicely for you this season. You've been quite pleased with your goal return. Yeah, it's nice. Nice to get to 10 now. And uh, got my my eyes fully set on a, on a season of big numbers. Um, 
and hopefully contribute into a team that's successful. There we go. Always good to speak to Jaden. Um, always find him a really interesting conversation. We've got another clip of his that is going to come up first, but uh, that was quite funny, uh, Ben, when he was talking about nicking the goal off um, of of uh, Pap Suarez. Pap saying that Pap was absolutely devastated. But to be fair to Jaden, I guess you're the striker. You're on the goal line. You want a goal, don't you? That's, that's unfortunately the way it works. Well, he got a goal nicked off uh, by Jason Pierce and in the Pizza Trophy, didn't he? So he he knew, and that was for his hat trick as well, I think. So uh, yeah, as as a goal scorer, you you just got to take it, add one to the tally, whatever way they come. So I don't I don't blame him, but it was great reaction from Suarez to get there first of all to ping it back across goal. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't blame Jaden there at all. Mm. <laughs> it brings confidence to yeah, him as well. It was funny, and obviously. Uh, you know, ten up for the season now in all competitions, Terry. Um, he had a he had a really difficult month. He, he, it seems like a million years ago now, but he didn't score at all in September. Obviously, found himself out of the starting lineup by the end of the month. Um, but I mean, that that seems a long time ago now. And I asked him, uh, I asked him yesterday about playing as part of a two. I'm not sure. I don't think it made that clip, but it'll definitely make the uh, the SLP tomorrow when we release the full interview. Um, but I mean, for me. When he's got someone alongside him, I think I think he looks even better. Even though he has played as a one throughout his career and got a lot of goals, but I think for us he seems to be better in in, in part of the two. Yeah, for me, I mean, I don't disagree with that necessarily uh, being part of a two and, and being better. But I mean, technically, he was part of a three before that, so you'd think he should be even better still. I'm I'm more of the opinion that uh, the fact that we play at five across the middle now uh, with the two wing backs is the principal reason why he's why he's better. Um, he doesn't have to keep coming short as often because. Uh, whereas we were only playing a three, uh, we were overrunning midfield. He was trying to come too deep to try and collect the ball. And when he does that, if he, even if he does collect the ball and pass it off, he's well out of position to uh, to benefit from it in the first place. So I think the fact, yes, there's a two, it gives him gives him support up there, no question. But I think more importantly for me, that five-man midfield with uh, that we're bossing, uh, for, well, certainly since Johnny um, has come in as manager, has proved uh, proved a revelation for him because he's getting supply. He doesn't have to, you know, constantly come running short. He can probably rely as well on um, the likes of uh, Connor Washington and or Josh Davison to run into the channel, so he doesn't have to. And so therefore, he's uh, he's more in the right positions than he was before. So um, yeah, I think, uh, and you know, he can score goals. I mean, goodness me, he's done it before, and, and he's currently doing it again. Uh, and uh, I'd have been disappointed if he hadn't nicked that goal off a of pap, <laughs> to be honest, because he was in the right position. Listen. His header probably wasn't going in the one that Jason Pierce nicked. So if players start leaving balls to because they think they're going in, we're going to chalk off about ten goals a season. So I'd much rather him uh, him be on the spot and actually finish it to make sure. Yeah, certainly. Uh, and uh, yeah, ruthless from him yesterday. I mean, uh, just wonder how. I mean, did you do you think Ben can he get twenty goals this season? Definitely, I think he can. It's but as Tell said, he needs that service rather than. Like being a target man, like for players to ping the ball to, and to give it out to the wingers more, like we did against Doncaster. Him getting in the box, getting his bonce on the end of it, and um, and that's the way he's going to score goals. But we have to play to his strengths rather than lumping it up there to him and him playing as a hold-up player. He needs to be the one getting in the box and getting on the end of the crosses. Excellent stuff. Right, there was one more clip from Jaden yesterday that um, <laughs> I think I, I reckon we can keep this story going all season, Terry. If we if we try our hardest, the headbutt story, because uh, we're about three weeks after the game now, and I've brought it up again. Um, do, you, do you reckon? Do you reckon it's for the best? <laughs> 
Oh, absolutely, and, and I think as long as Mr. Johnson's still in a manager's job, it's 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 yeah. fair game. Absolutely, don't get me wrong. He'll, yeah, he'll come out with some more belters. Don't get me wrong, but I think uh, the more we can re- remind him of this one, the better. Excellent stuff. So I did ask uh, Jaden Stockley. Um, I mean, when we were speaking to him, he, he mentioned the Sunderland game just because it was obviously one of the results where we've done well recently, uh, and all of a sudden it flicked in my head to say, "Oh, we haven't actually asked him about that accusation uh, from Lee Johnson that suggested uh, that." Uh, our striker Jaden Stockley had headbutted uh, Tom Flanagan during the game. So I just asked uh, Jaden what he made of that accusation, and basically, did he want to say anything on the matter? I just think you know, um, sometimes comments like that can be just used to cover up a result. I think um, uh, in terms of, I don't think it's right that it gets put out there in the media. In terms of other refs can be influenced, you know, I think it was a game just after that. I think Rotherham the other night, you know. It, when things like that get banished around, then then the refs sometimes jump on it and have a preconceived, you know, of of what sort of player I am. So I think you know this should be sort of it should be monitored what what gets put out there, especially as as players you can't say too much. So I think there should be a uh, there should be a uh, you know a bit of a respect when 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 words like that get banished about. Yeah, it turns out he did want to say something on the matter. Uh, he wasn't happy, was he, Ben? I mean. That that was quite a serious accusation, and, and Jaden clearly feels that it's going. I mean, it is probably going to colour his image in, in referees' minds, if nothing else. And considering nothing's come of it, I mean, it's clearly a, a false accusation from the video evidence we've seen. You know, they. I mean, Lee Johnson said he was a, a he head head by Tom Flanagan flush in the face as if he'd ran at him and laid the nut on him. When obviously that was never what happened. Yeah, he, he's totally right in that interview because then it gives him a bad name. And as he said, like you look at a Rotherham game on Tuesday, he got booked, what, after five minutes um, because the referees got in his head, oh, I know he t- him to be a dangerous player and he can't control his, himself and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, he's well, from what I've seen of him so far, yeah, he gets stuck in, he jumps around and makes sure he gets his head onto the ball to win the headers. But I don't at all think he's a violent player. I haven't seen that at all from him, really. So, yeah, it must be annoying for him. And as he said, players don't really get that voice afterwards to go, oh, well, this is what I think. I think um, I'm being harshly treated, etc. Whereas Lee Johnson can go ahead and say that interview afterwards because ultimately Lee Johnson's annoyed that his side lost the game and he'll try and pick an excuse out of something where, in reality, that's then turned against Jaden, and then referees are... Watching him, but more importantly, players of the opposition, their managers probably saying to him before they go out there, Oh, get get close to him, fall over a bit, make a meal of it, and then he'll get booked. And then he's walking a tightrope for the rest of the game, which is, of course, what happened against Rotherham. So he needs to come out and say his piece, which you've given him there. So he can kind of stand up for him himself and say, Look, I think I'm being harshly treated here because mm. there's a big striker like him, he's got to jump, he's got to use his arms to jump, but. Again, I've not seen anything in him that shows that he's violent in that way. Mm, right. So all we need now is for someone to ask Lee Johnson about it again in a couple of weeks and we'll get it going for another month. Right. Um, just before we look ahead to Leighton Orient, Alfie's tweeted in, Terry saying, going into the winter period, Gallon will now be looking at what's available come January. Uh, where do you think we can strengthen? In my eyes, I don't think we've seen anybody's or everybody's true qualities yet uh, due to the lack of form. So we can't easily interpret... Uh, our strengths or our weaknesses. I mean, is there is there a, a position on, on the field you think at the moment? Maybe, maybe I don't know, defender because we, we've suffered a couple of injuries, but obviously we've now got Deji signed up, so that's another option there. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it depends how Deji performs, but you'd expect him to perform as well as he has done up to this point. Uh, but he is still quite young, so it wouldn't surprise me if we were going to strengthen, we'd look at uh, the centre-half positions. Um, you also look at the way we're playing now, and I think we're OK in wide areas, uh, but if uh, the likes of George Dobson gets injured, for example, uh, is Harry Arter an automatic replacement? His injury situation is not great, and he's a lone player. Do we sign him, um, look to sign somebody permanent in that sort of as a cover for that George Dobson position? Um, so, and and strikers, we've uh, we've got Connor Washington and uh, and of course Stockley and uh, Davison. Uh, an experienced striker, maybe if if any one of them three gets injured, is you know we have got a decent squad, and and the issue is is we probably have to let some people some players go as well. It's not a case of just adding to it. I think uh, with the squad size, you'd probably have to be looking at um, players uh, going out as well as coming in. So uh, it's actually I think January, if we are going to bring players, in, it's going to be one of the toughest we we've had because. You know, they might, Johnny Jackson and Steve Gallen might have to be a bit ruthless. Mm, yeah, and they're, they're never easy anyway for us. Uh, right, let's have a quick look ahead then to the Pepperoni Trophy Tuesday. We're travelling to Leighton Orient. Benji, you've got your ticket. Uh, I mean, looking forward to it. Obviously, Darren Prattley hopefully be playing for Leighton Orient. Um, looking forward to seeing him again. Hopefully, he'll get a good ovation if he comes anywhere near the away end. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jacko didn't give much away when I asked him what sort of team he'll be looking at. But are we are we thinking quite a few changes for this one now because we have got a game coming up on a Saturday that we need to, to concentrate on. Yeah, I imagine, as you said, they've got a game on a Saturday so we don't want to risk some key players getting injured, especially as we're without Gunter and Washington who are away on international duty. But hopefully, look, pressure's off. Both teams are already through to the next uh, next round so hopefully it'll be an entertaining game. Tickets are a fiver. So I thought that was a really good deal. I think we're taking over four or five hundred fans. So we haven't played Lake Norrin away in about or oh, ten years. Was that when Hamer got sent off on New Year's Eve? Uh, that game. But yeah, looking forward to it because if if the likes of Clayden or Burstow get a go in the side, which hopefully they will, they they can make a claim. As uh, Tell said, we we have got a few wingers at the club now, but. Um, yeah, you'd like to see someone like Burstow given a chance because, as I say, we haven't got many strikers in the squad and and it would be nice to see him given a go from the off because, as you said, he's only been given two five-minute cameos to show what he can do and he's excelled in both of them. So I'd like to see him start. Um, Elaware again, Henderson another going goal uh, and maybe Albie Morgan again, see, give him a, a, a chance where the pressure's off a bit more so it would be show what he can really do. Excellent stuff. Right, I think we've run out of time on uh, this week's Charlton Live. Thanks for everyone who's tuned in uh, to this uh, this week's show. We've actually recorded slightly earlier, so we can't give you the final score in the women's game, but they've got about two minutes left and they're goalless up at Sheffield United. So hopefully uh, they'll be able to hang on for, for at least a point or maybe even go and find a, a winner in the closing stages there. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you to everyone who sent in your messages. Thanks to Ben and Terry uh, who joined me uh, outside of the usual time this Sunday afternoon. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Cheers, Luke. Cheers, Benji. Good to speak to you all. Uh, I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back on Thursday to look back at the game against Leighton Orient and, of course, ahead uh, to next Saturday's trip to Burton. So sh- uh, we shall see you then.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.